You know, we sang a little bit about resurrection, and, and it, it struck me as we sang uh, that the resurrection it seemed to be, and I could be wrong in the song, was the resurrection that we have new life in Christ on this earth. Now, I could have misinterpreted that. Um, it's quite possible. But we're going to talk today about a different kind of resurrection. That one's important, but if you think that's pretty amazing, just think about the next one that's coming, okay? Um, and the Apostle Paul was writing uh, to the Corinthians, and this part of the text, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, was um, he was writing to some who said there is no resurrection. And I honestly, okay, I'm not the brightest bulb in the box or on the ceiling or wherever it is, okay? But I cannot possibly comprehend how somebody would say they believe in God and they believe in Jesus, and yet they would say there's no resurrection. It just, it, it, um, it does not make the least bit of sense to me. If they believe in Jesus and they've heard that he is resurrected, that he rose from the grave, then I don't know how they can say that there is no resurrection. And the Apostle Paul is fighting this battle with people who think they're really smart, who think they've got all of the knowledge and, and, and everything that, they, that anybody could have. They're the smartest. They're the wisest. Uh, they're, um, they've just got it all. And he's trying to, to tell them there's something for sure that you're missing. Because if you don't believe in the resurrection, then you've got no hope. If, you don't, if there is no resurrection, then you've got no hope. Okay, And so... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I believe that I have set um, my texts a week behind, okay? I love the songs that we sang, but I know they come from the next m week, so maybe we can do them again next week. Um, and so, because I looked, looked them up, and it's got, got uh, 52 and 53, um, uh, and, and so, but I, I, I better correct that so that our worship planners know what I'm doing from now on, where I'm preaching from. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 49 is the text for today. And if you have your Bible and you're able, will you please stand uh, as you read from God's Word. But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one. See, I don't think he said it that way. Foolish one. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven, as was the man of dust. So also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall also 
we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth. I thank you for Paul, who is able to write and to, um, to show the truth of the resurrection to people who may not or do not believe. In Jesus' name, amen. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? You know, we look at this thing here and, um, and what we have are some people that don't believe that, that Jesus was raised and as a result they don't believe that we're going to be raised. And, and the reason they don't believe that is because they don't understand. And I've got to ask you all a question. Do you understand? Um, is there anything you don't understand but yet you believe? I mean, I don't understand how an airplane flies, but I still get on an airplane. Now, I don't understand how a boat floats in the ocean, and I'm not getting on that, okay? But there are some things I don't understand, and I'm still willing to work on them. I don't understand how a car runs, but I still fill it up with fuel, make sure I get the oil changes, new tires, and start the ignition and go back and forth from where I need to go. Don't understand all the things, but yet I put my faith in them. Okay, I used them. And so they didn't understand this. They didn't understand how in the world can the body be raised up. And here's the reason, or some of the reasons. Some of the reasons were quite simply because there were some people that they knew of that were mauled by a wild animal. And their body was separated. Okay, and maybe they were even eaten by the wild animal. Okay, and, and so how does God reanimate all of that and collect it from wherever it may be? What about people who are... Uh, lost at sea. How does God bring all of that up? You know, all of the particles of their body back up to give them that body once again. And the Apostle Paul is, is going through all of this to show them that they do not understand and, and, by, and they don't really need to completely understand, but they don't understand what the heavenly body is going to be like. And if they halfway understood what the heavenly body is going to be like, they could understand that the resurrection is real and that we will be resurrected at the last day, okay? So, he says, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up? So since they don't believe or they don't understand how, it's raised, how the body is raised up, they just give up on the whole thing altogether. It's like, I don't know how the car is going to work, so I'm not getting in it. I'm, nope, I don't believe in those cars because I don't know how it works, okay? And so it's the same idea with them. They... Um, they didn't understand the how, so they gave up on the fact of the resurrection, okay? And so he says, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up? That's their big question. That's their big concern. And the second part is, with what body do they come? You think, again, you think about it. Um, you know anybody that's ever had an amputation? Do they save that? Say they amputate their foot. Do they save that foot to bury with them when they die? I mean, I, I had an appendix taken out, and I asked the doctor to give it to me. He said, uh, we're going to have to take this appendix out. It's not doing you any good. In fact, it's causing you a lot of pain. And I said, get it out of here, but put it in a jar for me. I want to keep it. The doctor didn't do it. Okay? So I don't know where it is thrown in a trash can somewhere, but guess what? That was part of my body. It's gone now. So when I die, it's not going to be buried with me. Is God going to bring that back? And you see, that's the problem a lot of those guys had. They couldn't understand how those parts that were gone could be brought back to life when they were scattered over all, over the, all over the place. And so they gave up on the resurrection altogether. And he says, foolish ones. I love that. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't me that he called that. 
But you think about the idea here. These poor guys, um, this, is a, this is a crazy sharp rebuke to them. Now, it would be a pretty sharp rebuke to us, especially to those who are arrogant in their own wisdom, and that's where they were. These guys thought they knew everything. They, they were, um, uh, he was confronting these who thought themselves to be wise, knowledgeable, and spiritual, and he calls them foolish. They thought they were so wise, so knowledgeable, and so spiritual, and yet they weren't willing to accept, accept something that they did not understand. Foolish ones. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. Uh, anybody ever read John chapter 3? Several times, right? Well, let's read some of it again. Because I love this whole picture here. Think about it. Um, a man came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with you. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right? So we see that he, and then he says to, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And we go on to all of this stuff. And Jesus says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but it cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone, so is everyone who is born of the spirit. And so he had this misunderstanding of what it meant to be born again. And the Corinthians had a misunderstanding of how we would be resurrected. You remember the story? Um, of the man of, of the, the man who had, uh, there were seven brothers, and the first one had a wife, and he died, and the second one married the wife, and then he died, third one married the wife, and then he died. I'm thinking, if I'm the fourth brother, I'm out of here, okay? I mean, I, I'm, like I say, I'm not the brightest bulb, but I'm out of here, okay? I know what's going to happen, okay? And uh, somebody better be taking her to trial, Fourth brother died, fifth brother died, sixth brother died, seventh brother died. All of them died. None of them had a child. She didn't have a child by any of them. And they asked the question, in the resurrection, which one is she going to be married to? And Jesus said, you don't understand the resurrection. In heaven, there will be no marriage and they'll be given in marriage. Why? Because we're going to have a different kind of body. Okay? We're going to have a different relationship to the people that we know and the people that we love. It's not going to be like this here on earth. Okay? And so... Think about the body. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some, some other grain. Okay, so when you die, when I die, somebody's going to have a burial for me. At least I hope they do. I mean, don't want to just leave the body laying around, right? And so they're going to put me in a coffin, going to put me in the ground, and I'm going to go back to dust, right? And that's the same thing that's going to happen to every person that has been born. Uh, we are all terminal. We're all going to die. We're going to be planted in the ground, if you will. And one day, when Jesus returns, guess what? He's going to raise us up again. But it's not going to be that body that's planted in the ground. It's going to be a completely different kind of body. You think about the seed, and that's what he gives here, okay? Uh, a seed that's planted in the ground. That seed dies. Kathy and I um, are trying to do a little bit of growing our own garden. Anybody have a garden? See, I need to learn from all of you, okay? Because, because uh, so far all we've done, and hey, we're happy about it. You know, this is a great progress for us. Um, we bought a planter about this big, and we put some, some uh, soil in there, you know, bought that at the store too, poured that in, and then we took some um, green onion seeds and spattered them on top, put some other dirt on and watered it. Hey, they're doing great. They're all, I mean, 
you know? But we see those green shoots coming up. And you know what's not coming up? The seed. The seed is not coming up. Now, I don't know how you get seeds from green onions, okay? Don't have a clue. Don't know how that happens. But the seed is not coming up. You know what's coming up? Something different than what we put in the ground. And that's the picture that the Apostle Paul is trying to get here when he talks about the seed that's planted into the ground. And when he talks about the resurrection that we have. What's planted in the ground, our body, is not exactly what's going to come up. Okay, and we're going to get more into this, and he's going to talk more about this in next week's uh, text. But it's pretty amazing what's going to happen. And even though we don't understand it completely, we know that, that this body that we have here will be a glorified body. Okay, that, that he will change it in such a way that it may not even be recognizable to us. So, and what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. All right, green onions. I love onions. All right. And um, I don't know what else. Tomatoes? Anybody put tomatoes? Potatoes? Uh, you know, and guess what? If I plant green onions, I'm not getting tomatoes. Okay, I'm going to get the kind of body that God chooses for it to give. And then he says, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. I tell you what, forgive me for this one, but I love fish. I eat fish all the time. I eat chicken and turkey and maybe some other birds if somebody else. I, I eat beef and pork. I'm not eating human flesh. Okay, different kind of body. All right. D and and we can see that just by looking at them. OK. And we understand that it's different because guess what? Cannibalism is is a gross thought to us. But we're OK. Most of us with pork, with beef, with other things. OK. So and, and this is the same picture that he's trying to get. There's a different kind of flesh uh, for men, for animals, for fish and for birds. And then he says this in verse 40. There are celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. Celestial bodies are the things that we see in the heavens. OK. Um, the stars, the moon. Uh, in, in, in fact, I'm interested to find out. I haven't really checked this out. But since the moon does not give its own light, is it a terrestrial or a celestial body? You think about the other planets. They are considered terrestrial bodies, okay? But the stars are celestial bodies. They all have their different kind of brightness and their own kind of glory. The, the moon does not give its own light. In fact, tonight it's going to be red for a certain amount of time. That blood moon is coming tonight. They give their own kind of glory. They're different from others. And there's a glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. I don't know all the names of them. You've got dwarf stars. You've got red stars, white stars, blue stars. I don't know. Um, and they're different in size. And some of the stars that you see now probably don't exist anymore because they're so many light years away that their light is still spending its time coming here, and that star doesn't exist anymore. Anybody read the article about the black hole? I mean, they've taken pictures of a black hole, and it's pretty amazing, okay? Um, but it has a different kind of glory than all those things. And so what he's trying to do with all of this is show us, them, these fools that don't believe that, that the resurrected body has a different kind of glory, if you will, than the earthly body, all right? And so in doing that, he's trying to prove to them that, that there's no need to worry about how God does it. All right, so now let's take a look. So also is the resurrection of the dead. 
All right, there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. Think about that. We just put that, try to put that in our heads. The body is sown in corruption, not evil corruption, okay? I mean, there is evil because guess what? We are born into sin and we are born with sin. But just think about the body. How many of you have ever had dust blown in your face? Wonder who that was. I know, it's a terrible thought to think of it that way, right? But we are from dust, that's what we were created from, and to dust we will return, right? And so you think about that, isn't that a crazy thought? That as you're outside doing something, having fun, and the wind blows and the dust is stirred up, wonder who that was blown into my face. You don't like that, do you? You know? And you think, and yet God made our bodies out of that. And the reason it's talking about corruption is because it will decay. I mean, we see that. You know, when I was 20 years old, 30 years old, I didn't look like I do now. And I don't know if that's good or bad, okay? But I know that as I, as I grow older, guess what? My body is going to decay. I'm going to do everything I can to keep it from decaying very fast. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to eat correctly most of the time. Uh, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do all those kind of things. But guess what? I can't stop it. It's going to happen. It was, what's the word? Sown in corruption. Okay? From things that are corruptible. In other words, they will decay. And it will be raised in incorruption. Isn't that cool? And so when they ask this question here at the beginning, and with what body do they come? Is it the body of that 25-year-old, that 35-year-old, that 75-year-old? Which one do you want? I don't want any of them. And guess what? We're not going to have any of those because those bodies are also corruptible. And so one day when he raises us, we will be raised to this new body in, in corruption. Second, in verse 43, it is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. Sown in dishonor. Again, think about that ridiculous dust illustration. You don't want that dust blowing in your face, you know? Even if it's not another person that's passed. You don't want it blowing in your face. That's not clean. That's not fun. It's not, just not something you like. Dishonorable, if you will, okay? And, and you think about it. Yet that's what we're made of. Sown in dishonor and raised in glory. And so if that, the body that's made out of dust is sown in dishonor, then do you think for a second, and we all probably have, but think about it now, do you think that the body that's raised in glory is going to be made of the same stuff, the one that was sown in dishonor? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be made of the same stuff. It's going to be a different kind of body. And that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to get to us here. And then he says, it was sown in weakness is raised in power. How many of you are not as strong as you once were? Okay, I mean, and some of you are stronger than you've ever been, you know, uh, not me, you know. Sown in weakness. And what happens is the body tears down. I remember um, playing softball when I was in seminary and I went to Birchland Baptist Church and I was playing on the softball team and 
and uh, somebody hit a line. I was on first base, and somebody hit a line drive, and I dived back into first base because that's what Pete Rose does or did. I dived back into first base, landed on, poof, on, the, on, the, on the base on my chest, and um, I don't know what happened after that, whether I scored or whether somebody else got out or what, but the next morning I got up, and I couldn't hardly move. My chest hurt, and I'm thinking, what in the world happened? Well, I dived into first base, and I'm one of as young as I used to be. And so that weakness there uh, was, was part of the, the weakness of the body. Not going to happen. Of course, probably not playing softball in heaven, but it's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. There's going to be no pain, no suffering, no sickness, no decay. Um, you can just think about the different abilities that we have, okay? Think about it. My hearing is not as good as it used to be. I was just waiting for somebody to say, what'd you say? You know? Because we lose those, th those, you know, that sometimes. Eyesight, we lose eyesight. I mean, I've got glasses. I've had them since I was 13. Guess what? My eyes are not getting better, okay? They're getting worse. That's most of the time what happens as we age. We lose our hearing. We lose, you know, I do still have all my teeth. Um, but sometimes we don't, okay? And so we think about that. Um, it is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. In heaven, none of that's going to happen. Your body will be complete. Everything that you need, you will have, and it will never lessen. You'll still be, and, and you know what? I might even be able to sing. Now think about that. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. And, and, and he's talking about natural here um, in, in a little bit different way. Not just talking about the flesh, but but in a way that is, that is, um, well, natural. <laughs> it's a natural body and is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. You remember what happened in Genesis? Remember what happened? God said, I'm going to make man and woman. I'm going to make them in my image. Okay, that's what he did. He made man and woman in his image. And he molded Adam from the dust of the ground. Remember that? What a great picture. I love that picture of a, of a potter making from the dust of the ground the very first human. And then what does it say that he did? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man, oh, and so it was written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. He breathed into his nostrils, and Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And so we think about this. Who is it talking about? First of all, it's talking about Adam, the first man, and then it's talking about Adam, Jesus Christ, the second Adam, the one that was born, who brought sin, or that was created, who brought sin into the world, the one who was born and who brought forgiveness of sin into the world, Okay. The first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And you may take issue with that idea of became a life-giving spirit because there is not a time ever that Jesus was not. Let me say that in another way. Jesus has always existed, not in the flesh, which is why this tells us that he became a life-giving spirit because if Jesus had 
continued to dwell in, the, in eternity in heaven with the Father. He wouldn't have become a life-giving spirit. He had to become flesh in order for him to give us eternal life. There had to be somebody, Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, who could reconcile God and man by becoming fully God and fully man. And so the scripture says, the last Adam, talking about Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. Quite simple, right? Go back to John chapter 3. Talk about Zacchaeus. How can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. You've got to be born physically, and then you've got to be born spiritually. First, you're born physically. Second, you're born spiritually. And, and so the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. And, and you've got to take a, a look at verses 47, 48, and 49. I'm going to break those apart a little bit after I read those. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is of the Lord, is the Lord from heaven. So we understand that, right? Okay. First man was Adam, made of dust. The second man is the Lord, Jesus Christ, from heaven. Then, you look at 48a, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. What are we made of? Dust. That's what we're made of, dust. And to dust we shall return. And so, therefore, we're like Adam. We have that sin nature. We want to do what we want to do. We want to do things that are, that are opposite to the nature of God, sin, just like Adam did. And so, like him, we also want to sin. The second man is the Lord from heaven, uh, and as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, Jesus Christ, so also are those who are heavenly. You've got to see this. We were dust. We are dust. And yet there's Jesus Christ who is, who is uh, the Lord of heaven. And we will be like him. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. And so look at this again. 47. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. 48, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. 49, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust, okay, now, get this, the second man is the Lord from heaven, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And, since we've borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now, I don't know if that excites you, but it should. Because the promise of the resurrection is true and is a matter of fact and happens because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. We don't have to worry about this, we don't, uh, about, uh, about my appendix because it's not going to matter. Don't have to worry. I know people who are Christians that are, have been cremated. I know people who are Christians who are going to be cremated. And some people say, well, you know, will I still go to heaven if I'm cremated? The answer to that is yes. Because it's not going to matter. Because God is going to give us a different kind of body than the one that we have on this earth. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, um, I'm, not, I'm not worried about... See, on this earth, I would have loved to have been, I don't know, 5'9", 5'10", 5'11". 
you know, with massive shoulders, fantastic calves, you know. I mean, just seriously, okay, that I could slam dunk, all right, and, and people wouldn't look at me and go, shorty, you know. Um, but in heaven, none of that's going to matter. And so I'm kind of excited, though, about the kind of body I'm going to have in heaven because all of the problems that I have now, any pain that I have, any sickness that I have, any worry that I have, any sorrow, you know, don't have to worry about that. There's gonna, not going to be any more of that. This body, these bodies will be different in the resurrection. They will not be subject to the physical laws that they're subject to here on earth. I mean, no pain. Think about it. How many of you have pain, daily pain? I do, but I can't tell you their name. No sickness. That was a joke. I'm kidding. No sickness. No worry. You think about worrying today, guess what? Can I pay that bill? Am I going to have enough to eat when my car starts? You know? No sorrow. And guess what? No more death. And you know what? That's cool. That's really cool. I think that's really cool. But you know what's really, really, really cool? In the resurrection, in the new body that we have in Christ, there will be no more temptation. And because there's no more temptation, guess what else there will be no more of? Sin. And I don't know about you, but, but I'd rather have physical pain and sickness and worry and sorrow than be tempted in sin. Because those things bother me more than anything else. And so when we get to heaven, we can rejoice that there won't be any more pain, that there won't be any more sickness, no more worry, no more sorrow, no more death, but we can rejoice most of all because we'll, there will be no more sin, which gives us proof that, guess what? We won't be in these bodies. We'll be in a resurrected, glorified body. And so the questions that we have today as we, as we come to the close is, you know, we know that we're all like the first man, made of dust and sinful. And then we're born in the image of the man of dust. But what about the second part of those verses? Have we born the image as much as possible here on this earth? Do we know that when we die and in the resurrection, we will bear the image of the heavenly man? You see, we go back to John chapter 3. We must be born again. And we can talk about being born again and all of those things. You know, and some people say, quit asking Jesus into your heart. But you know what? There's a point that come, we come to in our life when we have to understand that there's a commitment that we make to God the Father and we make it through committing our life to Jesus Christ. And I really don't think that God or Jesus are concerned about the words of that prayer. We come to that point and we go, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I bear the image of the earthly man, but I don't bear the image of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. I know that, <clears throat> that sin reigns in my mortal body. And I know that I need to come to Christ. I know that I need somebody 
to take care of that sin problem in my life. And I don't think he's really that concerned about whether we say, Jesus, come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I don't think that bothers him one, one iota. What I think bothers him is when people don't pray a prayer like that. What I think hurts him is when people know that they're sinners and yet they refuse to come to Christ. And so the question we have to answer is, have I repented of my sin and trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? When I die and in the resurrection, will I be one of those that is raised with a glorified body to spend eternity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit? And see, Apostle Paul is kind of saying here, if you don't believe in the resurrection, you don't believe in God. I mean, that's one of the things. You think about it. Foolish ones, guess what? The foolish have said in their hearts, there is no God. And so we come to the close. And the question I have to ask you is, have you given your life to Jesus? Have you repented of your sin? Turned away from the fleshly life, the worldly life, and said, God, I just, want to trust, I just want to trust you. I just want to be obedient to you. I just want to follow you. Jesus, forgive me my sin. Make me into the image of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to have a hymn of invitation here in just a minute. And I'm going to be down at the front. And it might be that you realize that, yeah, you're still dust. You're still living this life in the image of the first Adam. And you need to live this life in the image of Christ. And the only way to do that is to give your life to him. I'll be at the front, ready to receive you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Father, may we trust it. May we understand it. May we accept it. Father, help us to live this life for you, to trust in your son, Jesus Christ, for eternal life and throughout this life. In his name we pray. Amen.